So today we are starting our new series, which I'm really excited about, Power of the Holy Spirit in Ordinary Time. And today's speaker is Caroline Park. Let's welcome Caroline. Good morning on this rainy day. It's like hard to get used to going from sandals to boots in one day. So our new series for the season is called The Power of the Holy Spirit in Ordinary Time. And some of you might be excited about this. And some of you might feel wary of the topic of the Holy Spirit. I have mixed experience myself. My first Holy Spirit experience was when I was 15. I didn't grow up in a church except... um, for attending Christmas services with my mom from time to time, and I barely knew anything about Jesus. But my mom wanted me to go to this Christian camp, which I really, really didn't want to go, but went anyway. Um, And during, and hated it the whole time, but during the prayer time on the last night, I um, had this experience of being filled with something like light and hope which was foreign for the pessimistic teenager that I was. And um, I also found myself speaking in a weird language, which we call uh, the gift of tongues. It was a deeply transformative experience for me, like realizing uh, that I was home that I hadn't known about. After the encounter, I thought, I guess I'm a Christian. I will attend the church on Sundays, and I will read a chapter from the Bible every night. And I did. I went to this big church and didn't talk to anyone, Um, left right after the service every Sunday. And I read a chapter every night from the Bible all throughout my high school years. And in those services, I heard um, nothing about experiencing God or interacting with God or hearing from God. Um, rarely heard about the Holy Spirit. It was mostly about how to live right. But years later, I joined uh, this church with a focus on the Holy Spirit. And for the first time, I was told that anyone can hear from God and have a personal experience, a personal relationship with God. So I learned about different gifts of the Holy Spirit different ways to exercise the gifts, how to pray for the sick, how to pray for miracles. Um, And I became close to God like a person during this period. And I also realized I had been interacting with God all along without knowing. But I also saw and experienced unhelpful side of focusing too much on the Holy Spirit Churches with emphasis on the Holy Spirit, the charismatic or Pentecostal churches, tend to value high faith, the faith that God is going to do something amazing. But life doesn't always turn out the way it's supposed to, right? It has a way of disappointing you. So there was the tension between pursuing the supernatural with high faith and dealing with the real disappointments in life. I also saw some unhealthy expressions of this gift 
people chasing after the power and the excitement more than love or God. It can become narcissistic and judgmental and even superstitious sometimes. I've seen people who approach the gifts of the spirit as if it's magic that can be unlocked and used for our purposes and ends up hurting people that they meant to help and excluding people instead of accepting and loving them. So I can understand and relate to both the excitement and the reluctance for the topic of the Holy Spirit. But it would be a shame to throw out the whole topic because the Holy Spirit is the part of the Trinity, you know, God, Son, and the Holy Spirit. She comes up all over the Bible, and I've personally um, been touched deeply by her in a good way. Part of the reason for this mixed experience might be I think, the stories that we tell about the Holy Spirit. When we talk about her, we tend to focus on the stories of the dramatic display of the Holy Spirit's power, like miracles or deliverance, healings, or people acting weirdly, some of the stories. These stories tell us about the manifestation of the spirit, but not necessarily about who she is and what she is like. So what if we tell a different story about the Holy Spirit, the story that's always been there, but we've overlooked, and that can give us fresh understanding. So there are two stories that I want to share with us today. Um, The first One is the story of Jesus' baptism at the very beginning of Jesus' public ministry. So I will read the passage for us. It's from Mark 1, 9 to 11. At that time, Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee and was, um, came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And the voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. So this story is from the first chapter of the book of Mark. And the book of Mark was a book that's written to tell us about Good news of Jesus. So you can see the it was it, it's the story is from Mark one nine. So the book starts with a little bit of a preamble, but then the first story of Jesus that the author chooses to tell is the story of his baptism, the story that we've just read. And the story makes it clear that Jesus had the special connection to God, right? And that he carried the Holy Spirit in him. The Holy Spirit tore out of heaven and came to earth to Jesus, who was among people. So through Jesus and in Jesus, heaven and earth are reconnected. Which, of course, is the implication when we say that Jesus was fully human and fully God, 
um, so these icons, I like to look at icons sometimes. Um, it, I don't know, sometimes gives more insights than the story itself. So these icons seem to, there's one, that's the story of Jesus' baptism, seem to depict that happening of heaven and earth coming together. I tend to think that um, it was the artist's deliberate choice to paint the river and the heaven meeting and Jesus in the middle of it. The heaven opened and rushed out to meet the earth through the Holy Spirit and Jesus' body becomes the seed of heaven on earth. So with that, now I want to share another story and connect that to the first story. The story comes at the end of Jesus' life on earth, the second to last chapter of the same book, the book of Mark. So Mark 15, 33 to 41. At noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So by that time, Jesus is already on the cross. When some of those standing near heard this, they said, listen, he's calling Elijah. Someone ran, filled a sponge with wine vinegar, put it on a staff and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes and take him down, he said. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus saw how he died, he said, surely this man was the son of God. Some women were watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James the Younger, and of Joseph and Salome. And in Galilee, these women had followed him and cared for his needs. Many other women who had come up with him to Jerusalem were also there. It's a familiar story, the story of Jesus' death. It always surprises me how openly Jesus expresses his uh, pain and distress. So it's a pretty short passage um, with an interesting detail of the curtain in the temple being torn in two. Let me tell you a little bit about this curtain, what it was for and where exactly it was. Here is, um, um, I show you the simple floor plan of the temple at Jesus' time. These are the rooms um, that were in the temple. In the middle of the temple, you see what we call the holy place. So the holy place, only the priests on duty could go into the holy place once a day to perform his duties, like lighting the candles or burning the incense and stuff like that. And deeper into the holy place, there was a, um, was a place called the Holy of Holies, where the Spirit of God dwelled, where God's presence was. And only the high priest could go in there once a year. 
on the Day of Atonement after going through the cleansing ritual and was ceremonially clean. The curtain that we're talking about uh, separated the Holy of Holies from the holy place. So right in the middle was the curtain. It was a strong symbol of the separation between God and the rest of the world, right? It is not a wall. It's a current, so you could approach God, but proceed with caution. Approaching God was not for everyone, and not for ordinary time. It was a very, very special occasion. And the rest of the temple also reflects and symbolizes other things from the culture. There's a clear social and religious hierarchy built into the building. The priest could go into the court of the priest. And the um, Jewish men could go into the court of Israel. Court of Israel, of course, means court of Israel men. And the court of uh, women, the women could go up to the court of women. And Gentiles, the court of Gentiles, um, the Gentiles are non-Jews, other races. So when Jesus breathed his last breath, the curtain there in the middle was torn in half. The symbolism is very clear, right? The access to God is open to people now. And many of us probably heard the teaching in the past that this means that now we can enter into the Holy of Holies and face God. This is what Jesus had done for us on the, on the cross. But here is one interesting detail here. The two stories that I've shared today use the same word, the same Greek word, schizo, which is translated as torn in the stories. It means to rent, to rip open. There's like a force to this uh, word. The word schism comes from this Greek root. And the first story says that the heaven was torn open. And the spirit descended on Jesus like a dove. And the second story, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Right? The same word. Same author. It's in the beginning of the book, the end of the book. In both stories, what symbolically separated heaven and earth, God and the world, God's realm and our realm is torn open. And the first story is clear in that the Holy Spirit came out of the heaven, heavenly realm and rushed into ours. Does that inform us about how to read the second story? I think it does. It is not just that we can go into the Holy of Holies now, but that the Spirit came out of the Holy of Holies into the world. She tore the curtain open and rushed out to us to where we are. 
And this subtle difference is huge, I think, because if it is merely that the access to the Holy of Holies is open, what does that say about the women who couldn't cross the boundary of the, of the court of Israel? You remember even at the cross, the women had to watch from a distance as Jesus dies. It says some women were watching from a distance, reflecting this floor plan of the temple exactly. How about the Gentiles, which is what most of us here are? Or the people who were sick or poor or otherwise deemed unclean and couldn't enter the temple? Could they have gone into the Holy of Holies? Would the system have allowed them to? But when the Holy Spirit rushes out of the temple into the world to people, these human boundaries don't matter anymore, right? Because the Spirit has moved past the holy realm, the court of priests, the court of Israel, the court of women, and the court of Gentiles into the open where everyone is. And God confirms this new reality of heaven and earth mixing. On the day of the Pentecost, seven weeks after the resurrection, by giving the gift of the Holy Spirit to everyone who says yes. Several chapters later in the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit is given to the Gentiles, angering some of the church leaders. Does that sound familiar? And the whole book of Acts is about how this movement of the Holy Spirit is spreading wider and wider into the world to those who even never heard of God of Israel before. And you and I are the proof of it. And the movement of the Spirit didn't stop there. She couldn't have stopped there. Because reaching out further and farther is what she is about. Embracing and including more and more of the world. Regardless of races, classes, gender, gender gender identification, or sexual orientation. I believe the spirit is moving outwardly, connecting with everyone until the whole world belongs. And this picture of the Holy Spirit is why I'm convinced that the Spirit welcomes and connects with LGBTQ persons, though it remains a controversy in many religions today. The Holy Spirit has broken out of the Holy of Holies into the world to connect with us, to love and embrace us. It is the nature of her very being to love and connect. So I just cannot believe that she will suddenly stop somewhere and say to a group of people, this is where I draw the line. Inclusion ends here. We're all connected in one spirit in the heavenly realm. And on earth, I believe the history is moving forward to catch you up with that reality. And if the church refuses to move 
with the Spirit. She will find different ways to connect with those whom the church has excluded. It's not like she needed the religious leaders' permission to break out of the temple the first time. So, picture this story with me. The Holy Spirit breaking in from heaven. From the Holy of Holies. And rushing into the world. To where we are. Moving farther and farther out until she touches the whole world. There's no stopping her or her power to connect. The whole world is filled with the Holy Spirit. The whole world shimmers with her presence. There's this verse from a poem by Elizabeth Barrett Browning that I I recently ran across. It says, Earth's crammed with heaven, every common bush afire with God, but only who sees, sees takes off his shoes. Let's pause and think about that. Earth's crammed with heaven, and every bush, common bush of fire with God. Isn't that a beautiful and prophetic vision of the world? The quiet presence of the Spirit pulses through the whole creation and connects us together. That is the quiet power of the Holy Spirit. We're already immersed in, his pres- in her presence. She's all around us. We don't need to get God to be with us by being godly or believing hard enough. We only need to turn toward her and we will join in the dance connected into the love that runs through the whole world. And then she will embrace and change us, transform us and our relationships to others and to the world. And that is what I mean by the power of the Holy Spirit in ordinary time that we want to discuss during this season. So how does that exactly happen? Well, we have the whole season to discuss that. We will talk about noticing and connecting with the Holy Spirit, different ways that the Holy Spirit moves in our lives, and hear stories from others who've experienced it. Our hope is that the season will be about increasing our sensitivity to the presence of the Spirit that is all around us. Turning toward her when we sense her presence. And saying yes to her movement in us, in our heart, and in our life. So we're changed and connected more and more deeply in every way. I'm excited. So for now, this week's practical suggestions are going to be about getting used to this reality 
of the Holy Spirit filling the world and surrounding us. So my first practical suggestion is to breathe with the Spirit. In Hebrew, breath and spirit are the same word, apparently. So this word, sometimes um, um, the phrase God's spirit and God's breath are used interchangeably. Isn't that cool? So breathing exercise can remind us as we breathe in and out of the spirit in us and around us. So let's do a short breathing exercise, if you will. Start breathing deep and regularly. You might want to close your, uh, close your eyes if you want. So breathe in, breathe out. Breathe in, breathe out. As you keep breathing, think about the air you breathe in and out as the spirit around you. And as you breathe, say in your mind, spirit in me as you breathe in. And as you breathe out, say spirit around me. So breathe in, the spirit in me. Breathe out, the spirit around me. The spirit in me. The spirit around me. Let's do that a few more times quietly. Easy, right? So you can do this any time of the day, maybe you can start the day with this um, exercise. Anytime you feel the need for calm or, and peace, or anytime you want to remember God and thank him. My second suggestion is to talk to God throughout the day. Any of you have experiences where you're troubled and mad and scared and the thoughts go round and around in your head? Have imaginary conversations with somebody that you're in conflict with in your head. I do that too. And it usually just works me up more. Um, so instead, I find it helpful if I address that, my ranting or talking or venting toward God. Sometimes I talk in my mind as I run or walk or pace around the room. Sometimes I say it out loud too. You know, there was a time when you um, people looked at you weird if you talked out loud in public, talked to yourself. There was a time. But now we don't have to worry about that anymore because people just assume that you're talking on the phone. <laughs> so don't worry. Go ahead and talk to God out loud. Just wear your earbuds when you do that. 
Because it is an easy way to keep reminding ourselves that we're not alone. It helps to, you know, vent too. So helps to vent to a friend. Wherever we are, whatever kind of space we're in, mad or sad or happy, we don't have to be in a church or doing our quiet time or reading the Bible or being nice even. Everywhere and always, we're surrounded by the Spirit who wants to, who wants to engage with us and who sees us and loves us. Sometimes you might feel there is a response. Sometimes there is no response. Sometimes you might have a different thought as you talk and some other presence breaking into your um, your mind. Pay attention to that. Years ago, I was walking to somewhere early in the morning. Um, I was venting and grumbling about something to God. I don't remember what I was unhappy about, but I do remember being really down on things and gloomy. And this was the time years ago when the um, there were still the mounted police officers in the neighborhood. There are the officers with the horse. Um, so I was walking and grumbling, and I hear a horse neighing. And I couldn't even see the horse, but the sound was so sudden, it just broke through and shook the morning air. It was such a magnificent and loud sound. It jolted me right out of my gloom and the pity party and just filled me with awe. I don't know if there was some message attached to the moment or not. Maybe something like snap out of it or something. But I remember being so much happier for the rest of the day because I was reminded of the presence of God all around me who is so much bigger than my miseries. So in this coming week, let's intentionally remember the spirit filling the shimmering world around us. Breathe the spirit and talk to God throughout the day. I believe that as we really trust this new reality, that heaven is around us. I believe it will expand who we are. Let me pray for us. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for being with us, for surrounding us, for filling this world with love and connection and life that you are so close to us that we can connect with you whenever um, we turn towards you. And even when we're not aware and when we, even when we are not in the mood that you're right there with us, that you never leave us. So I just pray for uh, the eyes and the hearts to 
see and recognize your burning bushes everywhere. That we will connect with you, God, who's um, your spirit and your presence that's filling the whole earth. So I just pray for um, your power to connect us, expand us, and teach us in Jesus' name. Amen.